What's up, everybody? Raj Nation of the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast here. We are gearing up for season six of the show and bringing it to you on a completely brand new website. But for now, treat your ears and your mind with this best of episode, taking you back to season four, episode six, when we were live at the Lake Effect Summit in Chicago with the founder of Lecour Watches, Amy Mokris, asking the question, how do you have it all? Enjoy, and we'll see you soon. Ladies and gentlemen of Lake Effects, how are you? <laughs> Thank you for having us here. Uh, my name is Rajiv Nathan. Over on the right side, my right is Martin McGovern. We are the founders of Idea Lemon, and this is our Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast, a special live edition for the Lake Effects Summit. Uh, the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast is where you get to eavesdrop on conversations with entrepreneurs, artists, and musicians about the stories, journeys, struggles, but most importantly, the questions that help us all better understand who we are, what we're doing, and how we can do it better. So with that said, we've got our awesome entrepreneur guest with us today, Amy Mokris, the founder Ooh. of Le Cours Watches. Excellent accent. <laughs> Nailed it. And uh, with Amy, what we're going to be talking about, uh, if you're not familiar, she's got a really cool watch company. We'll get into some of that as we go on with this podcast. But uh, one of the things that comes up as you start to gain some traction and have some success in whatever creative pursuit that you're in is this idea that a lot of things start coming your way. And then it's like, wow, how do I grasp all of it? And then people start asking you, man, you seem to have it all figured out. How do you have it all? So today we're going to talk about and explore the question, how do you have it all? How do you have it all? <laughs> so with that said, uh, Amy, we talked to you a couple days ago and we were like, what do we want to talk about for this one? What's on your mind? And you, this is what you kind of came up to, come, came up with where you said, well, a lot of people have been asking me this recently and I don't necessarily know if there's, if I have the answer off the bat for them. So why is, how do you have it all on your mind? Yeah, totally. So, so we were chatting about this earlier this week, and, and I think that a lot of it has to do with some like good press that we've all been getting. Like you guys were just featured in Huffington Post, um, and we got we got a few really good features recently, including like the Red Eye and other various publications. And so, um, you know, with any sort of press or PR. I mean, it's great, you know, like being able to have that sort of a platform to tell your vision and your brand story to a much larger audience. Um, but along with that, you know, it's it's just one piece of the much larger, larger puzzle. Um, and, it, and it's, you know, it highlights often the more glamorous sides of, of what you're doing day in and day out. And so, um, yeah, that, that question kind of just popped up more and more, like, especially with a relatively young brand um, and getting that sort of, um, you know, PR people think that like like you've made it or or maybe like now you can coast like oh, <laughs> other people are recognizing like things that you're doing and and um you know like how, how do you how do you it's do it all and like how do you street now. right <laughs> right and so yeah that question's been coming up more and more and um you know i think it's like a cool conversation to have because it's really you have to really think about like what having it all means um you know, on a larger scale, um, both to you personally, but then also like how is that influenced by like even societal societal norms and um, expectations for for what for what having it all really really means. Yeah, and I think I think the way that a lot of people just because of the the way the media skews perception, it's like uh, you know you only ever hear about the crazy amazing things or the crazy awful things you never hear about just the daily grind that people are going through to get a sale or to get 
um, to get in, into a conference or something like that. Like, you don't hear about any of that. You just see the outputs. And I think that that's a really interesting piece of, like, we think having it all just means, like, being seen. But we don't mm. actually know what it means to to run a business behind the scenes or to, like, really go through that grind. Yeah, and I think as part of that, too, it's, like, yeah, to that point, it's, there's not enough emphasis necessarily placed on the process of how to get to whatever the destination is. And as I was telling people at the event we were at last night, Martin, I was like, we've been obsessed with the process for so many years and looking at who do we look up to and what was their process of getting there. And it's not nearly as interesting, <laughs> I think, for most people to study exactly. the process than to, than to just look at, you know, like, uh, like Chance the Rapper, for instance, right? Or Lupe Fiasco is performing at this conference. It's, it's much more fun to just be like, oh, he's on stage. He's awesome. His life's amazing and everything's figured out for him all the time. It's not nearly as fun to be like, all right, what was the first thing he had to do? Who was the first person who said no to him and how did he have to overcome that rejection? And where, like, what, what bullets did he have to bite along the way to get there? Not nearly as fun to study those things, <laughs> but I think you get a really good understanding of the psychology it takes behind a lot of the success that you see, though, when you study the process. Yeah, and how, mm-hmm. much, how, much, how, many, how many years did he spend like, meeting people, networking, um, building relationships uh, and doing all that stuff behind the scenes just to be in front of you at that, on that, in that show. It's not like yesterday he was like, oh, I'm going to write a song, and today he's on a stage, right? There's this totally. huge, like, really boring process behind <laughs> the scenes uh, that doesn't really ever get talked about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think, I mean, people want to see the exciting points, of course. Like, they don't want to see me, like, crunching numbers at 2 a.m., which is, like, you know, a big part of what happens. (laughs) And so, like, but I think that when they do just see, like, the bits and pieces, that's just kind of the nature of the beast with with any sort of press or PR. Um, It's, of course, the more interesting points that are spoken to, but then people also sometimes assume, like, well, number one, this must have happened overnight. Um, like, like all of a sudden you wake, you wake up and you have a successful business or a great podcast or so on and so forth. And then also number two, because you're doing something that you love, oh, it must be easy because I, I know you guys spoke on a podcast recently about how, um, like whether or not people value the work that you love doing enough for you to, to support you and to pay you in that. And so that's a whole other topic, but um, kind of along those lines, just, oh, well, you're doing something that you love or you're following your dreams, and so it must come really easy. But the, there is still a lot of hustle that goes on in order to make that all really materialize. Yeah, it's like, so uh, the last episode of our, the last season of our podcast was with Esteban uh, Gast, and he's a comedian amongst other, th- a teacher and a comedian and some other things. And he, <laughs> the thing he said, he was like, no one, they always say, follow your dreams, kid. No one ever says, follow your dreams, kid, but it's going to be super freaking hard, and <laughs> there's going to be a lot of stuff you have to do that you don't like to follow your and dreams. it's going to take you 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, and there was... Um, also, it's kind of like, what does what does having it all mean to you more on a personal level? Like, and, and how is that influenced by society? So is it either... You know, we're all kind of fighting, regardless of what field we're in or what what dreams we're trying to tackle. We're all, you know, trying to be successful. And also, you know, whether it's getting like a greater job title or an increase in salary or better, you know, income bracket. um, It's like, what does at what point do we feel like we'll have it all? Because often when we reach those points, we still don't feel like we've made it. And so it's really just this like moving target. Mm-hmm. So is it even definable? That's a good point because yeah, once, and that's why 
money obviously isn't the indicator of why someone is successful. It's like money is the byproduct of the success and of the, the desire to do something because for most people anyway, if money was the reason you would like, this is why Mark Cuban still invests in businesses. Mm. It's not because he just, it's not because he needs or wants the money. And it's not like he doesn't work 20 hour days still or whatever it is, 16 hour days because he's like, Oh, I got to make more money. He's like, no, I really enjoy doing this. And what else, like how else can I be impacting people? Who else can I be influencing? Yeah. And so we all went to college together and I'm I'm curious (laughs) when you were, you know, about to graduate as a senior, what, what in your mind was having it all? Mm, yeah, well, my, so my background is actually quite a, a bit in photography. So my background's in, in whole, um, in photography, product design and marketing. So at the time, um, I wanted to be a photojournalist. And so I think that my dream at, at, throughout college um, was to be a photojournalist for New York Times because I thought that that would also allow me to like travel the world but also showcase um, you know intense scenarios in like a powerful in a powerful way and on a, of course a powerful platform and publication and so I think at the time that was really my dream and I'm nowhere near that <laughs> right now <laughs> it's, it's really interesting to think about how but now you have something that could be featured in the New York Times, yeah, which is <laughs> arguably cooler. Ideally. <laughs> hey, New York Thank Times, you. if you're listening. <laughs> A little plug. Um, yeah, but I mean, even with, with my, you know, my background's really kind of all over the place, I always did what I felt most called to do at that time and then just tried to like master that craft. So whether it was photography or more or more branding or product design and so forth. And I never saw really, like I never thought I would own a watch company or be designing watches or own a business. And so, um, you know, looking back, it's kind of, it's, it's funny um, seeing how like the pieces kind of lined up just because I never thought that I would be here today. Although now I can't imagine doing absolutely anything else. Um, but really like all those smaller experiences whether or not whether or not I saw the bigger picture at the time was really influential in in giving me the skill set that helped me really launch the brand um but yeah I mean you know you can only do the best with what what you're trying to tackle at the time Mm -hmm. yeah totally uh for me oh it was definitely I mean I almost secured the twitter handle cmo by 30 like at CMO by 30, like that was my have it all, like CMO ah. of like Ogilvy and Mather or some gigantic, like Digitas, some gigantic ad or media agency. And now I'm like, man, I, that's like the last thing I want. <laughs> <laughs> right, it changes. <laughs> and I think a lot of that comes from, well, you know, like in my first job, I guess my, my only employer out of college was an ad agency. And you just, I think once you're, once you're given the opportunity to think on your own and there's no structure for being told this is what you're supposed to learn, this is what you need to be doing, which is what you know, which is what education is through graduating college. There's a structure in place for you. So once you get to that point where you're allowed to start thinking on your own, like then your mind wanders, and it's like, what does your mind wander to? And I think there's no chance in hell, no chance in hell, <laughs> that uh, I could have imagined five years ago that today we'd be doing well. A that I'd be working with Martin. Uh, I mean, I guess there was a possibility because we were part, we formed the undergrad marketing club at DePaul, but uh, as business partners, I don't think that was on my mind. And then on top of that, that we'd be basically working in education and career development. 
Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and if I think back, my my dream back in college was like, ooh, live in the uh, corn cob buildings and, and go to Leo Burnett every morning, <laughs> like just walk across the street. I thought that'd be so cool. But um, it, it's interesting because I think part of it, going back to what you were saying, like what does your mind wander to? I think we don't even know what the options are. And like mm. that's what I kind of love about this conference is that everyone here is like, I have a creative spark in me. I'm trying to figure out the way to execute that creativity in a unique way to myself. And they're building all sorts of different businesses that didn't even, those aren't options when you go into college. Those aren't options on the, what major do you want to take? Like that's, you know, you have the book and it says, here's all the salaries for graduating people. And like none of these jobs are on that list. (laughs) And so I find it really interesting how like, we're only exposed to what we're exposed to. And then that's the lens that we view the world until one day we have to like really challenge ourselves. And most people don't, um, to really challenge yourself and say, wait, what do I want to do? And, and that's where you're like, Oh wait, maybe education is the thing. And then maybe not traditional, like maybe there's a different way to educate in this new ed tech world or, you know, whatever it is that, that people are interested in. And, and you kind of keep peeling back the layers until you get there. I think as well as part of that, it's, and then you start to think about not only, okay, what do I really care about and what's the creative spark? Then it's like what's, what's very closely linked with this idea of having it all is, you, is success, right? That's what this is about is success. And I think it's super important to get very clear on your vision of success because by societal standards, I'm a sweeping failure. <laughs> I'm 27. I don't own property. My car is 16 years old. And so my car has a sweet 16 party. <laughs> And I am not married or in any type of relationship that would suggest I'm getting married anytime soon. So, but, but those are the things that aren't important to me right now. And that's okay. So like when I envision like my own success, I'm not like beating myself up over, God, why aren't I married yet? Mm. Which is what some people do care about and that's fine. But that's where it's like, just because someone says that's success or even like, like being on the cover of the Red Eye, which you were recently, is a really cool thing. But that terrifies some people, you know? Sure, like sure. there are people who want to live in like, basically like, like no public, like, like the Ron Swanson mindset from Parks anonymity. and Anonymity. Yeah, anonymity. Yes. Like no public record, you know, that kind of stuff. So for that person, like being on the Red Eye is like, they're like, oh my God, no, I would never want that. So it's important sure. to understand. And not that you were sitting there being like, I have to get on the Red Eye. That was a byproduct of what you were doing. But... Right. When, when you start doing something you care about, it's like then you, get, you start to get tunnel vision in a good way on what do I view as success? Absolutely. Well, yeah, and I think that, Raj, when you were talking about as you gain more and more of this understanding of like, oh, I really have the space and the freedom to really think for myself and explore like what I feel most called to do, because, I mean, that's all LaCour was for me. Like, this was all just fueled by love, right? And so, like you were talking before and as well. And rainbows and unicorns. About, that's right. Which are that's on my right. shirt. That's becoming, <laughs> oh, I love it. That's becoming a very consistent piece of any interview I do. And so maybe I should work that into the branding. I like rainbows and unicorns everywhere. Um, That'd be a cool watch. It would, right? A very colorful one. <laughs> if you made this shirt into a watch, I'd buy I'm gonna it I'm going to take that. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on that. But really, I mean, if you think about if you think about all the opportunity that you have as you as you get a little bit older and have a little bit more freedom in exploring and exploring like the different routes you want to take, um, speaking more to professional life, um, you really 
only have to answer to yourself at the end of the day. And I like thinking of things this way just because it gives you a lot of freedom. Like at the end of the day, all I have to answer to is me and God, if you believe in God, which I do. But if I do, if I take the smaller steps throughout my day that push me towards my greater goal, then then I'm proud of that and I can I can sleep well. But I think that really like there's so much opportunity and that's why I'm also so inspired by entrepreneurs is because they they just see everything as an opportunity and they know that they can make their their ideas and dreams materialize um, just by kind of taking those smaller steps to get there. Um, and just like we were talking on before, that's that's something also that isn't so glamorous and that's something that also doesn't come overnight. Um, but yeah, it's a really it's a it's a really cool process when it's when you like look back and think of it more cumulatively. Yeah, and I and I think that really breaking it down to like what do I need to accomplish for myself today is really fascinating because um, I think a lot of people will look at the red eye or look at um, Huffington Post or whatever it is and be like oh, I just need to get there, and mm-hmm. that will be their goal. And I think that you know, PR and press, as nice as it is, as Raj said, it's a byproduct of being successful. It's not the success. Right. And I think we confuse things in our mind. We, we don't know how to differentiate between like, perceived success and actual success. Yeah. Actual it's success, like a vanity metric. Yeah. Mm. Actual success is things working. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Perceived, Which isn't yeah. very exciting no. <laughs> so, from, from the outside to, like, yeah. watch. Well, it's like, of I, course your business should work. <laughs> right, right, right. And, it's, I mean, it's just a lot of grind. But, like you said, I mean, like, what's fueling it? Like, the money or the fame or the love, right? And I, But I do think that that does translate in the business um, and eventually people people can kind of see that and people identify much more when there's you know when there's a business based on based on something that's more than just like trying to knock out sales and whatnot but yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's really and I'll tell you probably several years ago I would have been like oh man like that's coolest thing ever to be featured in you know like we had a Huffington Post feature recently and if this yeah. was me like in college I've been like ah oh, that's the dream amazing, right yeah. that's amazing I love it. and then it actually happened and our reaction to it was like we were in the middle of working and then I looked up and I was like hey that Huffington Post feature went live today and he was like cool <laughs> exactly. all right and we just went we just put our heads right. down and got back to oh, work exactly I mean like the day <laughs> that the red eye article came out like, like it was, it was incredible, and that team was so brilliant to work with, and just like the kindest people. I mean, it was such an incredible opportunity, and I have nothing but gratitude. But you know, like, it came out. It was super exciting. It was cool. People were sharing it a lot on social media, and then I just went back to work. Yeah. I mean, like, then I just, just kept like kept on with the hustle. I mean, yeah, and, and that's really like you know what happens from day in and day out, and hopefully over time you make really cool things happen. But. Yeah. yeah. And so like getting back to this question here, like how do you have it all? I think it's, it's about defining what that means to yourself, right? So like having it all isn't like, oh, I'm, you know, traveling the world and have my own business and the freedom to work whatever time I want of the day. And I don't ever have to answer to anyone. And it's like, that's what people kind of perceive. But I, one of my favorite things, like I want to be my own boss and not have to answer to everyone or to anyone. And it's like, your clients, like you, sure. you're just going to trade an, an actual boss for like 500 bosses. Like that's, <laughs> that's the difference. And so, so I think it's really interesting to kind of say like, well, what is it? Like, what does this, this phrase actually mean in a real way? 
not in a sort of like inspirational poster way um, <laughs> and kind of break it down into like, well, if you're building skills that you really want to be building and you know will help you no matter what happens in the future, or if you're working in an industry that you know is going to have an impact in the world that you want to have an impact in. And one of the questions we ask is like, what conversation do you want to be part of you know, 10, 15 years from now, because that'll help drive you to do work in areas that actually matter. Whereas like, Mm -hmm. if you're not, if you don't like smoking, but then you go work in an ad agency on cigarettes, like that's, that's a very clear, bad mesh. Right. Sure. But if you're someone who's like super into, uh, you know, saving the planet or like, um, recycling and stuff. And then you're working for a company that makes plastic widgets. Like, are you really going to be happy? <laughs> like, what does having it all mean? And I think it, it kind of comes down more to um, finding work that aligns with your values. Yeah, and not only that, but it's, it's what are the things you value outside of work as well, right? Um, hmm. like in my personal life, like health and music are two things that I really value. And like, those are things I make sure to keep in my life. Like Xavier, you're in the audience. Like we're both at the yoga studio, like damn near every day. And to me, like that's something when I think about having it all, it's like, I'm not going to trade off my health for whatever I'm getting work wise. So I'll, whatever way I have to, whether that means going to a 6am class, whether it means breaking away at noon or going to a night or an 8pm class, uh, at the yoga studio, it's like I'm, I get my ass over there because to me, when I envision like my future self, it's like I better not be on the cholesterol medications. I better not be trying to stave off heart disease and those kinds of things. Uh, and then on the music side, it's like, you know, as a rapper, I want to make sure that I don't lose that talent in me and that I'm always, you know, working on that in some way. And while I haven't performed a show in, you know, several months because we've been busy building our business, it's, well, how do I work that in otherwise? And that's where, and, I, and this goes to, in part as well to like the process and you just keep learning and learning the more mm-hmm. you do something. Like now we, like we did an event last week where we had to pitch Idea Lemon in 60 seconds. And what do we do? We turned it into a 60 second rap. Like that was our elevator pitch. Awesome. I wrapped out, well, I wrapped out our company to everyone. And it was great. And it's like, so if I can't get it, like if I'm not going to perform a show on my own, it's what, what, how can we work that into what we're already doing? And then it ends up making what you're doing already that much more interesting. But I'll tell you, like this were three years ago. I don't think I ever, there's no way you would have said like, okay, you're going to wrap at this like conference. I'd be like, no, right. no. <laughs> I'm going to wear a business suit and I'm going to give a three point pitch. Yeah. You know, cause right. I would have been still like licking my chops and, mm. and learning about all these things. But then you, you learn enough and then you get to a certain comfort point. Then you learn more and get to another comfort point. And then you figure out, all right, what are the, th- what are the things that I value and how do I work that into my life? Not just be like, oh, I'm too busy cause I'm working all the time, which is what a lot of people say. Therefore I don't have time for the things I care about. Which, if you don't have time for the things you care about, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what's the point? <laughs> right, right. Well, and Martin, like, with you bringing up also, I thought this was a great point. Like, having the perspective and the insight to think about, like, what your longer-term goals are, which sounds like it, it comes naturally, but it's very easy to just, especially in business, get um, locked into just, like, the logistics day-to-day. But, like, to have a greater understanding of where you really want to either be personally or with the business in whatever it is, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, just because it forces you to have, like, greater insight into your own life as well. But, I mean, even with 
you know, having my, like, that was definitely my goal, being my own boss or being able to travel or being able to work remotely from anywhere. And then once you kind of knock those things off the list, I mean, and you are your own boss or you can work remotely X, Y, Z, it always comes with a new set of challenges, right? Mm-hmm. Which you never think about when you're setting like <laughs> your greatest ambitions and, and, and goals in place, right? But I recently read this, um, this quote that's really stuck with me and it, it talked about how whether you whether you're dreaming small, like you can have small dreams which require small thoughts and small checklists, right? Or you can, you can have big dreams which require big thoughts and small checklists. So, so the checklists are the same regardless of, of if you're dreaming big or if you're dreaming small, you know, however you can kind of like quantify that for yourself more personally. But um, it's really just like step-by-step little things day in day out but to have that greater insight of like what you want those larger dreams to be I think is a really valuable thing in business or personal life yeah and to that it's and we were saying this at a presentation Martin and I were recently saying this at a presentation it's like think big but start small because if you Mm -hmm. think big and try to start big you'll never start because you'll be so overwhelmed and you'll be and that's where a lot of people shoot themselves in the foot they're like Oh, I've, I want to help people in this way. Oh, but I got to make an app to do that. It's like, or you could just host a get together sure. around that interest and see who shows up. Sure. And there's your starting point. <laughs> sure. No. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's exactly it. I was at, um, a family gathering recently. And my uncle was like, Amy, you know, this is, you know, it was, it was some with family. Um, it was some family that like are, are out of town. We're just not in the same city. So I see them a little bit less than I would love to, but, um, so they're kind of like getting caught up on the business and, and what's been going on. And they're like, so you just started this business. Like, how did you, how did that happen? Or how did that, what did you, yeah, you, just you did all I of fell those. Into it. Right, right, right. And I mean, of course, a lot of times those are like the points that, you know, I get to catch up on people with or, or um, the points that people see. But it, it didn't happen overnight. And it took, a, at the time I was actually working full time doing marketing and branding out in the suburbs. I mean, like I would, I would, you know, wake up at five or six in the morning, race to work, race home and just like work on liqueur until I fell asleep in my laptop and at, you know, at two in the morning. And so it was like, it was just six months of that, you know, so it's, so it looks like it, it happened overnight, but it was really just like not very glamorous grinding it out and taking it super, super step by step. Mm -hmm. But, but over time, little by little, a little bit, becomes a lot and so that's really just how you grow anything yeah and that and that's really and I had put it into our email newsletter when I let our readers know we were doing this today I was like the way I framed it up was she took an idea or a dream and turned it into a Kickstarter campaign then turn the Kickstarter campaign into a business. Yeah. And it's like, and within that, there's a million, I mean, I didn't go into the, because it was a short email, but within that, there's a million <laughs> steps along the way. But it was like, step one, are people interested in this as much as I am? Right, <laughs> exactly. And that's really, it. that's the start small mindset. Mm-hmm. And I'll get my daily Hamilton reference in right now. <laughs> but uh, this is, there's a quote that Lin-Manuel Miranda, the creator of Hamilton, had in his interview on 60 Minutes where he said, he's like, I have put my dreams to shame, which I was, that was like an amazing quote. He's like, I never could have envisioned that I'd be sitting here with Charlie Rose being interviewed on 60 Minutes and Quentin Tarantino would be coming to my shows and, you know, like President Obama and all that stuff. He's like, I've completely put my dreams to shame. And that came from him just 
like his initial thing was I need to create a musical. It was I have rap skills. I want to create a mixtape about Hamilton. Yeah. And then he like that was his initial concept. And he did his uh, his thing at the White House where he got invited to do his like it was like a poetry night where he was supposed to perform a song from his previous musical in the Heights. But he's like, let me just see if this works. He's like, I'm in the White House. Something about U.S. history makes sense here. And in his intro, he's like, I'm working on a new concept album. So even at that point, he didn't have the idea for a musical. But then it was received well enough. It's like you had the Kickstarter campaign received well enough. Something greater can come of this. Right. And that's where you let that, like, that momentum just starts to carry you. But if, if step one is I've got to start a business and have 25 employees. And, all, and I actually remember in college saying to myself, uh, I would never want to start a business because I don't have to want to have to worry about the things like what are people's health care like benefits and all this stuff. And I'm sure. like, I got my own benefits right now. Sure, <laughs> sure. And it's like that's the stuff that once you get to that point, you can pay other people to worry about. <laughs> but that that is not the step A is how do I employ other people? Oh, totally. Well, and I always say because people are like, how did you get into having like designing watches or having your own watch company like I started liqueur because I was frustrated shopping for watches like I could never find a watch I really really loved that I would want to rock all the time that was something um, like a little bit more clean and minimalist in design let alone a brand that gave back and so from a logistics standpoint like that's why I started liqueur and and because in certain ways I was building the brand from the ground up. Like I just saw it as an opportunity to build my dream brand. Um, And like I touched on some of my backgrounds in branding um, and marketing. And I I just have like a lot of fun doing that. But anyways, yeah, I really just saw it as the opportunity to build something that I really, really on a personal level believed in. And so, you know, with the Kickstarter campaign, it was really just like putting it all out there. And that's why I love, you know, that's why I say it was just coming from a place of love. And I hoped that other people would you know, see that and, and believe in it too. And luckily, like, they, they did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and while we're talking about, like, the smallest possible thing that you can do, right? So, like, you've brought in your marketing and branding background. You've brought in your photography bra- background. You've brought all of that stuff to the table. And if you go to the website, it's very clear that the photography is amazing and very clean. Thank you. And, like, I think one of the things that I've noticed just because, you know, we've been friends on social media forever, I, you're, I remember there was a point where you were like climbing to the top of buildings and like taking photos oh, and no. stuff. But I think the just, it's like I'm sitting there like, you know, scrolling through Instagram, I'm like, she's on top of a building right now? What the hell is going on? And <laughs> Don't um, jump. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm like. And capture on Instagram as you fall. <laughs> so many likes. Um, but yeah, and I, and, but I think one of the things is most people or a lot of people that I talk to, their mindset is like, just go to work, go home, go to work, go home. And it's like, no, fit in some sort of passion project idea, even if it's just climbing, like, I don't know, breaking into the rooftops of buildings to take photos because that's going to fuel future ideas. And I think people don't quite understand that. It's like your little tiny side hobby that you do on Saturday might become something in the future and feed into your career, feed in, whether it's a stable career, like feed into your career, whether it's unstable, starting your own thing, then, you know, it feeds into that. Like you can bring everything that you've been doing in the past. You don't have to shut down one part of your life in order to start another part of your life. They all keep building on top of each other. Yeah. It's, as you were saying that, what that made me think of was I was talking to one of my uh, old roommates the other day and we were, we were talking about dating not each other, but other people. <laughs> and uh, we were talking about like, you know, Tinder and Bumble and Hinge and all these apps. And I was like, you know, what really just uh, like frustrates me sometimes is like, 
there are a ton of people. I was like, do, do you do any, like just from the pictures alone, it's like, are you only ever at a bar, like taking photos with skinny arm or like with your friends, like, and looking back over your shoulder, like have something that interests you that you can like talk about and share with other people. And that gives me something more. Cause then it's like, you know, if, when you match with these people and this is like the great debate of like, what do you say to start a conversation on these apps? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. And it's like, if my only reference point, is, what was I saying? So what bar were you at in photo eight? Right. <laughs> Not, Hey, why, like, why were you doing a yoga pose on top of like, what mountain was that? Like, that's a great conversation to start with. But if it's only, if the only things that are being brought into your life are just, I don't want to say mindless, but just like not things that can start a conversation, then it makes it very tough for someone to start a conversation with you. Mm, Sure. Well, yeah. And Martin, like you were saying, like not everybody um, or maybe just at the time might have the opportunity or, or, or the time or the ability to to whatever they whatever do whatever they want to do mm-hmm. start a company xyz but i do think that it's really important to still keep whether it's a side hustle or or a, a passion or whatever it is you feel fueled and inspired by cuz that all, number one also it often inspires your other work like i have found that the busier i get often my my core work gets much better um but then it's also just and not at all to sound too corny but it's it's what what are the things that that move you or make you feel alive, right? And I've always believed, um, even with liqueur, like it, it, not an ounce of it ever feels like work to me. Uh, there are areas of the job I definitely don't love, absolutely love, um, you know, like accounting and all that. It's just not how my brain works. Um, but it's, it's, it's like, it's my baby. And so it, it's very easy for me to do it all the time, but I've always felt like, that feeling is really indicative of the things that we were really meant to do all along, right? And so I think that we do, I think there's a great value in paying attention to those bigger, small loves and the bigger, small passions or the things that you really do feel fueled and inspired by. Yeah, and that's, that's actually what's important about what you just said is if the, if the core of it is something you, if like the, whatever, the, the base of it is something you enjoy, you'll be fine having to learn and do the things you don't like doing. Right. Like, absolutely. Like, like, I'm sure, like you still hate taxes, Martin, but if it's like, if it's, if it's figuring out taxes to help our business then it's like, well, no, I've got to do this. And I, if I learn this, it'll help us run everything more efficiently. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. And even down to, um, well, you know, I lost my train of thought there. Well, and I, I think what's really helpful taxes. because it, it sounds, <laughs> it sounds nice to say like, go have a hobby, but like, that's really hard. Um, to, to kind of like sit down and be like, well, what am I going to do? Now I have to invent something. But really, it's just taking a look at what you're already part of. What communities are you already involved in? And moving from spectator in those communities to a participant to a creator. And just basically like trying to get more involved in the things that you're already interested in. So if you're following, um, I don't know, everyone on Instagram who skateboards, like maybe go buy a skateboard and yeah. start skateboarding or something. <laughs> right. And like... Now you're part of that and you're not just watching that. Um, and I think most of the time we're sitting around like, oh, I love watching superhero movies, but I don't, no one else in my life enjoys this. So, well, maybe you can go to a, a meetup and, and meet people who have that same interest. Speaking from personal experience. Speaking from personal experience. 
and and suddenly you can have conversations about the things you enjoy instead of every time you bring it up people being like stop talking about that um, <laughs> and so for me it was like uh, comedy was a big one and so I really enjoyed comedy watching comedy listening to comedy and all that and then finally we challenged each other like every time it's like oh I really wish I could do that um, we hold each other to it and it's like alright well now I do improv every week and so awesome. these are the things where it's like that is the most fun thing that I could possibly be doing. And now it's making being up in, you know, on stage doing a podcast so much easier than it's ever been before. Mm. And like, I'm no longer nervous going to like networking events or anything. Like it, it's amazing how, how something like that influences the actual core work that you're doing, even though it seems completely unrelated or a completely different path. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, and I think that even like times when I'm like, ah, what are, like what's most important to me right now or, or, or moments where like we'll be talking to friends or something and it's like even looking back onto like what you were most interested in as like a little kid mm-hmm. like even that is sometimes indicative of like things that are still like manifesting or interesting you um, today but I do think that there is a real power in doing things like I think that there is such a power in action and I mean this even translates to business as well I know some super brilliant creatives or entrepreneurs and if you get too caught up in the in the in the house or how will I bring this to market or how will I check off this whole to-do list it can often be debilitating instead of just instead of trying to perfect every little thing I, I try and keep this in mind in business as well because I can definitely be a perfectionist with um, the business but I think that there's a huge power and a need to keep momentum going. And there's a huge power in just taking action, regardless of how small it is, regardless of if it's just exploring new hobbies and seeing what really feels like it's clicking for you mm-hmm. um, or what you feel inspired by or whether it's just moving the smaller pieces of your business um, just to keep the momentum going. Um, I do think that that's just a really important thing to just remind yourself of continually. Yeah, and... I also think with this, the concept of, you know, having that like core interest and then building around that, that, that doesn't just have to go to being an entrepreneur or even starting a side hobby. It, it can even be like if you're working at a company, if, if you believe in what the company does and if it's around something you care about, you will be very happy if you don't have the job title that you care about. And if you're not yeah. doing exactly what you like want to do day to day, like you'll be happy doing other kinds of things. And that matters so much more. Like, you know, everyone who's in a job search, instead of looking at, well, is the job function exactly what I want out of, as a, out of a job? Like that's going to matter. You can have a perfect job functionally, but if you hate like what you're having to sell or what you're having to produce for, mm. it's not going to matter. Like if, you, like if you were at a company where you had to work on watches you hated, the photography wouldn't matter. Absolutely. <laughs> like Ed right. Hardy or something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Correct. Um, yeah, well, and I mean, I think in, re- in response to that, I think often, like, you can have, like, a really cool job title, but, like, if, if one of the other pieces aren't there, like, if the company is really awful or you just don't, you don't believe in their mission or it's not resonating with you, there's going to be a big piece missing. Like, I think what's most important is, like, the work, feeling valued, of course, um, if you are part of a larger company as well and being rewarded for, for the work that you are putting in. But I think, like, on the larger grand scheme of things, like, you often feel much more self-fulfilled when you are working in, like, a... In a as part of a much bigger um, movement 
or or at a company that you really believe in and feel either inspired by, valued by, so on and so forth. But I do think that it's more important to be a part of like a good company instead of part of maybe a quote unquote bad company or a company that you don't really believe in with like an awesome job title or salary. What's something you have a, a you st- is you're still thinking you're like, I don't have a hand in that yet, but it would be really sweet if I did. Not even like with liqueur, but just like things that you enjoy. Is there something that you're like, I've had to sacrifice a lot to be able to do what I'm doing right now. And if I already hit the reset button, or maybe not just reset (laughs) button, but if I'm, you know, if there's something else I could add to this, add to my life, what would I add? Oh yeah. Oh gosh. Where do I begin? Okay. Well, um, and I mean, like I mentioned before, I love working on liqueur day in and day out. Like I, I, I love it. Um, but of course, other things kind of fall to the background um, by nature because you only have so many hours in the day. Um, so, gosh, yeah, where do I begin? I mean, What's I wish family? I volunteered more. I yeah. wish I. <laughs> well, I mean, climbing to the top of buildings takes time. When you're, you know, scaling from the outside. So. I mean, well, I mean, Not even that. Fit- <laughs> if only we could be Spider-Man. Um, That's really fallen by the wayside. Becoming it Spider-Man. really has. Yeah. It really, it's been a challenge. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's anything from, like, shooting as much as I did, you know, and I still shoot for the brand, but um, just to, like, get out with other photographer friends, um, I always feel super invigorated by that, and I just don't do it as much, you know, anymore. Um, And I mean, I think it's just also partially, we make time for the things that are most important to us, right? So I think that also when you're starting out with a new brand or new business, you do have to, it it does get a little tough, but you do have to be fairly unbalanced in the beginning because you have to spend a lot of time and energy working on it to really get it to number one through the launch stage and number two to the place that you want it to be at eventually. And so I, I do think that unbalance is almost sometimes um, valuable when you're trying to launch something or start something from the ground up. Um, but yeah, so anyways, back to back to things I wish I had more time for. Um, photography, like more creative shooting, um, like fitness. I used to be really good going to the gym. I used to be good at fitness. And now I'm really proud of myself if I run a few times a week. Um, so it's just like, it's just, again, it's just like the little things, spending time with friends and family, like I'll, you know, I'll pass up dinners or whatnot just because, you know, I have to, or I want to work late, so on and so forth. I mean, again, it's just like the smaller pieces that sometimes when I do take a step away from work and I spend time investing in the people I love or the hobbies that really invigorate me, I often do my work much better. Yeah. So, I, Well, to that point, too, on like the trade-offs you have to make. So I'm going to be starting yoga teacher training pretty soon. Awesome. And it is pretty much every weekend for the summer. And I was talking to my mom the other day, and she was like, so I'm, you know, I'm booking this thing for Father's Day, and I was like, I'll be at teacher training. And she's like, what? Why would they put on Father's Day? And I'm just like, it's learning a profession. They can't just like, because <laughs> right. like, they're already fitting it in as best as they can around people's schedules. And I was like, and you, I was like, yeah, I got to miss Father's Day, but I get to do something I really enjoy for like all these days straight. It's, it's, it feels great to be able to do that, yeah. even though I, you know, it's like I feel bad that I'm gonna miss a lot of Father's Day, but. It's, I don't know. These are some of the things that instead of, and we've talked about this before, Martin, instead of like, oh, I have to do this. It's like, no, I get to do this. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's like something that I'm going to every day, like as a student, now I get to learn how to be the one to teach it. 
And it may take up a bunch of weekends in the summer, but I'm essentially spending every hour of my weekend in the summer doing something I already enjoy. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's making time for the things that that you enjoy and you love doing. And I think that also, yeah, more logistically speaking, I do think that when you're trying to figure out that sort of balance or getting like any, any element of balance back in your life, I do think making commitments like that can definitely help just being committed to yeah. something that you love well, doing. And I, and I think that in order to be able to know where to spend your time, like I remember prior to like going and building my own things, I would just say yes to everyone and yes to everything. Yeah. And it wasn't until like, you know, we're building stuff and I have to make decisions between this and that. Like if I have every night of the week open to go to happy hour, I'll go to happy hour, I guess. But if I have things I need to get done, I have to start prioritizing being like, all right, well, what do I actually value? Because I only have so many hours. And then you actually have to start asking yourself, what do I actually value? And once you ask yourself that question, you realize that there's a lot of stuff in your life that you're doing that you're saying yes to that actually maybe aren't things that you really want to be doing. Like, I remember I used to go to Cubs games with people, and that would be an entire Saturday and probably half a Sunday. (laughs) And, like... (laughs) <laughs> and and then you I would do a doubleheader or what? Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, exactly. It's a Cubs game, man. Uh, but but then you'd you'd be like, uh, I took a step back. I'm like, I really don't enjoy going to these things. So maybe I shouldn't be spending you know 40 hours of my time doing it. And then realizing, <laughs> geez, now it's a full time job going yeah, to Cubs games. It's a 40. <laughs> do you work 40, for that? Exactly. Yeah, it just keeps getting more. He's and on more. the team, but he's like, well, I don't even Can't like playing. I'm a bad boy. I'm a bad boy. Um, no, but the idea of being is like, all right, well now I can just tell everyone don't invite me to those things and like Mm. it cuts out a huge piece of like stress of like oh no I have to say yes or I have to say no it's like no just never invite me to a Cubs game like just don't like (laughs) it's fine yeah and like it takes the pressure off of them of thinking they have to invite me it takes pressure off of me of having to say no to people and like you can kind of build things up so that you set expectations in your life you know what you value you set the expectations around your values and then people either respect them or don't and that makes those decisions even easier down the road. And so yeah. I think it's when you're, you're unclear about what you value that other people are unclear about what you value. And then you end up, you know, in situations that you don't even want to be in. Absolutely. And it's all about just getting real with yourself, right? Because that takes courage keeping to also it be real. like, just keeping it real all around. It's like, don't invite me to Cubs games anymore. I don't want to go. Right? Ever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and the extent, I mean, on our road trip last summer, I went to two Cubs games, one in San Francisco and one in L.A., and the extent of our conversation was me saying, you don't want to go, right? <laughs> and me saying, like, as I was like getting myself a ticket on StubHub. Yeah. And me saying, coffee shop sounds better. I'll uh, see you in a few hours. Uh, Martin, what was your, uh, I didn't get an answer. We didn't get an answer from you uh, to the, like, when you think about what you haven't gotten involved in mm-hmm. yet, what, what is your thing for that? Well, so I have a ton of, cre- like, we met in art class, right? And mm-hmm. so, like, I have a ton of artistic thoughts in my head and a whole side to me that I don't really explore to the extent that I, um, part of me wants to. Because um, I remember uh, when we, like, maybe a year ago, I had this whole thing. I'm like, all right, so from this time to this time in the morning, I'm going to learn how to draw. And from this time to this time in the morning, I'm going to learn photography photography from this time to this time in the afternoon I'm going to learn how to write and from this time to this time in the afternoon I'm going to learn that like I'm going to like figure out how to remember people's names because like that's something I'm terrible at and so like (laughs) I had this like whole crazy schedule and then I'm like and in between all that I'm going to start a business and 
um, be able to build this product from scratch and, and XYZ and um, then like you know once you find yourself in the build moment you're like well alright I don't have any life so I guess I'm not drawing anymore and then um, <laughs> I remember I started doing improv comedy, and I'm like, oh, well, that's a very clear amount of time on Saturdays, so that's, like, that's my creative outlet now. So I don't need to be drawing every day because I found my creative outlet that I do enjoy. And so um, I've kept that one, but then like with drawing and everything, I had this whole list on my whiteboard, and I just crossed it all off, and it was, like, it was called self-directed learning, and there were like 15 things under it. And I just crossed it all off, and I said, listening and communicating. Like, just that's what I'm trying to get out of these things mm. like the reason I like art is because I really enjoy trying to communicate ideas in new ways the reason I wanted to learn comedy is because I want to learn how to listen to people and how to be more engaged and I had this whole list and I kind of just was like what are the t what, what's the thing here that I'm really trying to accomplish all right now put all of the tactics to the side and just say I'm trying to learn how to listen and I'm trying to learn how to communicate that's the podcast that's improv and that's the business and that's it. And so there are things like, I'm not going to be able to draw a comic strip four years from now, probably. But I know that I'm going to be able to communicate my ideas in a very succinct way and maybe find a person who's been practicing how to draw comics, partner up, and then get the ideas out in that format if that's something I want to do in the future. I don't have to create everything myself is kind of where I came to. Hmm. Interesting. Pinteresting, some might say. Hmm. <laughs> Pinteresting. No, that's awesome. <laughs> um, I think uh, kind of a final thing. Ooh, water bottles. Yes. Ooh, water. Thank you. <laughs> <clears throat> Today's podcast brought to you by Ice Mountain Eight Ounce Singles. <laughs> Fits in your bag. Yeah, I'm was, glad it's 100 percent natural. Does it say that on there? It does. Get oh, the, it does. Get the taste of the mountains in your bag. This is the most interesting part of the podcast. <laughs> Speaking to the sponsors. <laughs> um, so, Amy, with what you've uh, basically with what you've built so far with liqueur, um, and where you see it headed, do you have a clear scope over that, or is this something that you're leaving to interpretation as you go mm. through the day to day? You know, I think that it was actually easier having a clear scope for that when I was first starting out because I just knew I wanted to like launch it. I, want, I knew I wanted it to be big. I knew I wanted people to know about it. I knew that we wanted to give back to a lot of awesome organizations that are doing a lot of good in the world so that so we also have a give back policy. So I just knew I knew the things that I wanted to hit. And now that um, we're slowly but surely consistently growing, I think that, you know, those goals have to change and readjust um, just so you can get better and better and, and grow more efficiently. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have so so I, I do have to keep thinking of like why I started and like where I wanted to take it and, and where I'm at in that road right now. And then what again do I want it to be in say five years because I do think that that gives you more insight into what the day-to-day -day has to be um, but yeah I mean I want to since after the new year we've been expanding into retailers in and outside of Chicago and so I want to continue expanding that way um, in and outside of, of the US so domestically and internationally and then we'll also start doing more um, like worldwide watch trade shows which are a thing so there's some like in Basel or uh, called Basel World or Switzerland. So there's much in larger Basler's? scale. Basel, Switzerland. It's called Basel World. Oh. Yeah. What goes on at Basel World? And it's like, like, the like B A Z Z or B A S I L? B A S E L. Okay. I think. B 
Bez. Like, like, where did you pull like, that from? Like, like a dazzle, right? Oh. Um, but like, so like Austin Powers, like assistant Basil is what we're talking yes, about here. Yes. <laughs> Basil. Maybe they should respell that. <laughs> okay, so they what goes like on in Basil world? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, at any sort of these larger watch trade shows, it's it's a platform for which you can. It's all wholesale, right? So it's not open to the public. So it's a platform for which you can speak more directly to worldwide um, distributors. So instead of me or a sales rep um, or employee of LaCour going from store to store to store and trying to get the watches in there or from store, like stores on an individual basis coming to us wanting to stock our product, it puts you, it, it basically knocks out that middleman. So anyways, you gain access to worldwide distributors who do a lot of the work for you. So anyways... Those sorts of things are also in the pipeline. There's also there's more watch trade shows that are um, much smaller and um, you know also in the U.S. So there's some um, in Chicago, Atlanta, um, Las Vegas, so on and so forth. So those things are slowly but surely in the pipeline. New designs are going to be coming out this year. Um, yeah, and so just like slowly but surely trying to trying to grow it that way and make Lacour more of a household name. Right on. I like Sweet. that. Um, and that's, I think, uh, something that, you know, we're, we're still answering that question ourselves. We have a kind of an idea of where we're taking Idea Lemon, but it's still up for interpretation, which we know we've got to interpret that soon, sooner than later. <laughs> um, and it, it, I'll tell you, what's, what's, like, for instance, with your Kickstarter campaign, mm. it's, like, very clear, like, in the midst of that, what you have to wake up and do every day. Because right. there's a very clear end goal. Like when we were building right. our product, our online course, it's very clear. it was the most efficient I have ever been in my life, and I was the right. most rigorous with everything on my schedule. And like, and you know, we worked you know literally like, literally every day for eighty something straight days, and we knew exactly every day. Wake up, what are we doing? And then next day, what are we doing? Yep. And then the product build ended, and it's like. Okay, now the we're in a state of ambiguity, and, and what exactly. do we do next? And yes. that's, that's one of the toughest questions to answer when there's not a clear step-by-step, this is what I've got to do now. Exactly, and that's also, there's, yeah. You, there's no corporate ladder. Right, <laughs> right. And that's why I had mentioned, like, in the beginning, it was almost easier. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, I just I want to launch it, and I want this product in people's hands, and I want them out rocking it, you know? And now, and that's why it's so, it's so, it's almost more important now and also a bit more, it feels a bit more difficult to reframe once again where you want, because, okay, the business is happening, I guess, you know, like the business is here, it's happening, Um, the brand is out there, so now where do we take it and where do we want it to be in one, five, ten years? Yeah, and that kind of leads to when you're in that, like, the quote-unquote build stage, everything you do is like progress and an advancement. So like every day you leave feeling super good, yeah. <laughs> right? And then now it's like we're testing different sales strategies. So it's like every day there's not a sale. It's like, shit, what happened today? Yeah. <laughs> and right. and that, I think that, that's, that's the nature of the beast, but that's also like, you know, it's our regular kick in the ass to be like, all right, let's figure this out. And mm-hmm. let's try and get a process around this. So that way there isn't the ambiguity. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there's not a set end goal, really. Right. Like once you once you reach that point, Dominate right? Dominate the world. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but yeah, and then the goal is arbitrary based on whatever you decide the goal is, right? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's like coming back to the whole conversation of like, how do you have it all? How what what does having it all even mean? Because often that's 
I mean, it's just a consistently moving target. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So then let's uh, close up here before we do. uh, We've talked a a good amount so far in this podcast about liqueur, but Amy, let our listeners know just kind of the overview of liqueur watches, where they can find you and where they can purchase these fine, fine time. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. So liqueur is a unisex minimalist watch brand that gives back proudly based here out of Chicago. Um, But you can find us on any of the social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, Tumblr, and Pinterest uh, by searching liqueur watches or or of course, online um, at www.liqueurwatches.com. And it's spelled L-E-C-O-E-U-R, watches. Um, and then also on our website, we have a list of stockists that we're in that you can find us in um, in stores as well. And, Bra- okay. and uh, what was it? Bedazzle, Basel World. <laughs> and Bedazzle World. And, 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 we and, might be there. Jazz hands are bad. <laughs> and, at, and at Jazzle World. And, and, if, and if you buy a liqueur watch, you will have a great unisex life. Wow. <laughs> right? Because it's, it's, it's a unisex watch. Right? Your unis, exactly. Your unisex game will be here. Sure. <laughs> Man, that one fell. You, you were so confused as to how but to react dumb. to that. But don't. <laughs> the look of fear in it your was, eyes as to what good. to do to that it comment. Was, it was good. <laughs> All right. So then to wrap up, then we'll go one by one. We'll start with Martin. We'll end with Amy uh, and give our answer based on this last hour of conversation. Martin, how do you have it all? It's not possible. no you can't have it all but you can match your values your personal (laughs) values with the work you do and so if you can figure out what your personal values are and then figure out what work exists in the world that aligns with it then i think you're you're pretty set on your path my answer for how do you have it all is have some (laughs) and and have some unisex yeah (laughs) (laughs) understand (laughs) what Understand what having some of it is and be okay with having that some because that's the only way you'll get even remotely close to whatever your vision of having it all is. Mm. Amy. Oh, I totally agree and echo both of you. Um, but yeah. Because we're in a room that echoes? So Yes, correct. <laughs> that as well. Um, I think having it all is almost a state of mind. And I think that regardless of where we are, um, because like of having like much greater goals and ambitions that often ends up being, um, like we touched on today, a m- kind of a moving target. And once we get there, you have to keep working and keep readjusting. And so I think that when we really get real with ourselves um, and more intentionally nail down the things that we value and are really important to us, us on more of like a soul level um, I think that in that way we can reframe our mindset and see that like whatever we're, we're working on now is is having it all or you quickly can but then you're gonna you know you'll, you might have to like readjust and, and, and continue on and on and on so really I do think it, it's almost just having a state of mind Right keeping on. it real. Keeping <laughs> it real and keeping it real. All right. That will put a bow on this one. Uh, thank you to the Lake Effects Conference. Thank you to the Radio Misfits for hosting this stage. And thank you to Amy Mokris of LaCour Watches for being our guest and our uh, people here in the audience. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right. But don't. You can all go home now. <laughs>